Welcome to episode 17 of Hoco Cast, your local podcast sponsored by the Howard County Library System. We are Abigail, Adriana, Cole, Ismail, and Ronan, bringing you local Howard County happenings from Goodreads to mindfulness needs. Join us during Mental Health Awareness Month as we explore local resources to keep our minds healthy and well. October is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we look forward to learning more about the new 988 Mental Health Helpline service, how it works, who can use it, and why you should use it. Laura Torres is a licensed clinical social worker who received her master's in social work from Fordham University and has been working in the mental health field for the past 25 years in a variety of different settings. In her current role in the Population Health Department at Howard County General Hospital, Laura develops and supports the behavioral health initiatives of the hospital and assists in aligning and coordinating hospital activities linked to behavioral health. Hello, Ms. Torres. Thank you for coming uh, and allowing us to interview you today. Our first question here is, tell us more about 988 and what is it and why should someone use the 988 hotline? Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to talk about this really important topic. So 988 is a three-digit number that as of July 16th of this year, replaced the current National Suicide Hotline number, which was a 10-digit number. So in 2020, Congress actually designated 988 as the first step to transforming our crisis service system in this country. What it is, is a 24-hour service where anyone can text, call, or chat 988 and speak with a professional counselor about any behavioral health concerns that they're having. So anything related to their mood, like anxiety or depression or excessive worry or concerns that they're having some suicidal thoughts or they're maybe worried about their use of drugs or alcohol. Anyone can call and speak with someone in English and Spanish. And there's also a language line available for people who do not speak either of those languages that offers 250 languages. And the three goals of this 988 number is to number one, save lives. Number two, connect people to the supports that they need to address the concerns that they're having. And three, to really learn more about the system and where there are needs and where we're successful. Wow, that is that is really interesting, and I can see how this is very important in our modern society. I'm going to pass the next question off to Cole. What age do you have to be to use the 988 hotline? The good news is there is no age limit. You can be any age. And again, the really great thing about this system is that you can also chat or text. And I know a lot of young people don't like to talk on the phone. So if you're one of those people, you don't need to. You can use different modalities to reach out and get help. That sounds great. So I was wondering, does the hotline tell your parents if you have used the 988 hotline? That's a really good question. And I know that privacy is important to so many people, especially young people. The answer is no, they do not tell your parents. In fact, 
you do not have to give any personal information if you choose not to. You don't have to tell them your name or where you live or how old you are. You will only share the personal information that you feel comfortable with, and that's required to get help. So they will ask you about why you're calling and how they might be able to help you. But that information will stay with the hotline or as it's also being called is a helpline because the goal here is to really help people. So we are really referring to 988 as a helpline. That's wonderful. So our next question is, what if I need more help than just a phone call? What resources can the 988 helpline give me? That's a really good question. And I'm glad that you asked that because so many people do not know the different resources that are available for someone who is having a behavioral health crisis or really just kind of feeling overwhelmed or stressed in general and not really sure what to do about those feelings and thoughts that they might be having. So the 988 helpline will ask you what area you live in. You would say Howard County, Maryland, and then they can access resources in your area or your community. And again, this is a national hotline. So wherever you are in the United States, you can call 988 and they will connect you to your local resources. So there are a lot of different types of services. So there's formal services like therapy or counseling, and those services are one-to-one. So it would be uh, the person who's experiencing the challenge meeting with uh, a counselor, or it could be group counseling where you're meeting with a counselor as well as other people who are around your age and experiencing similar difficulties. They have also lots of really great things like art therapy or equine therapy. If if horses are your thing or you like to express yourself in that way and they can connect you to what we call less formal resources, things like support groups. And those things exist both virtually and um, in person, but also chats. So there are some chats out there that are informal supports that young people and actually people of any age have really found very helpful. Wow, that's, that's really great. I'm glad that there are so many resources available to everyone who needs them. Our next question is, what things can teens do to help friends who they are worried about? There are a lot of things that friends can do to help other teens that they're worried about. I think the most important thing is listen to them. So, you know, ask them questions, ask them about what's going on in their lives, what they're worried about, what they're happy about, what they're feeling. So ask them questions and then just really listen. Be a person who is providing a supportive listening ear to them. Reassure them that there are resources out there that can help them and maybe even list some of those resources. Because a lot of times when someone is feeling overwhelmed or very stressed or very emotional, it's really difficult to even understand what they're going through and recognize that there are supports, there is help. They don't have to feel this way. So you could encourage them to talk to a trusted adult, whether that's a family member or a coach 
or someone at their school and let that person know how they're feeling and what they're concerned about. You can encourage them to call the 988 helpline, perhaps even be with them while they call or text. Most important, if you are really concerned about a friend's safety, you should let an adult know right away. And part of that could be calling 988 because those are, of course, adults and people who are professionally trained. The most important thing, as I said, is letting your friend know that they're not alone and that you care about them and want to help support them as they go through the challenges that they're experiencing and that there is hope. Thank you for telling us that. that that's definitely um, very important in all social groups. I'm going to throw this next question over to Cole. How do you distress? What tips can you give for some basic self-care? Everyone needs to be able to de-stress because everyone has some stress in their life. I like to de-stress by being outside. I like to be in nature. So fresh air is very soothing to me. And one of the things that I like to do when I'm outside is just go for a walk and just kind of listen to the sounds, um, to birds, to maybe dogs barking. Um, So for me, that's very soothing. I also really like to spend time with my dogs. And so sometimes that is by walking them. Sometimes it's just petting them or cuddling with them because dogs are like, they're really understanding and they're really supportive and uh, they know when you've had a bad day. And so sometimes uh, a wet lick on the face can uh, really make you smile when you're feeling stressed out. Other things I do are I like to exercise. When I have a lot of stress, I, I feel like going and exercising and kind of getting some of that tension out of my body is very helpful. And something that I do all the time that can be done anywhere is meditate. And a lot of times that meditation is just deep breathing, deep inhales and exhales. And so that is one of the basic self-care tips that I would share with anyone because everyone can breathe, right? It's really important though to do it very deep breathing from your belly. So I encourage everyone to take at least 10 minutes a day to do some type of self-care. And I recommend that you start with 10 minutes because self-care doesn't come easy to everyone. And if you ask for a longer period of time, we all know this, right? If it's not easy and someone tells you to do something that you don't like to do, you're not going to do it. If they say you have to do it for a half an hour every day, nobody wants to do that. But 10 minutes isn't really very long. So I recommend that people designate 10 minutes every day, the same time if possible, to choose something that they enjoy and just really do it without interruption. So maybe you like music. So listening to music for 10 minutes not while you're doing homework or not while you're doing chores, just sitting and listening and enjoying that music. Maybe journaling is your thing, taking 10 minutes to do that or reading. Whatever it is, you take the time for yourself every day for at least 10 minutes. And the other kind of de-stress self-care tip 
that anyone can do is keeping a gratitude journal. So every day, identifying one to three things that you're grateful for. Maybe it's that your quiz got delayed by a day, so you have extra time to study. Or maybe the cafeteria had your favorite lunch, and so you're really grateful for that because that helped make your day feel a little bit better. Doesn't have to be anything like amazing, like you win a medal or something. It can just be something small that has helped your day. I'm going to pass this back to Ronan now. So is this helpline exclusive to a certain group of people who should use this hotline? This, this helpline is not exclusive at all. It is open to anyone who is feeling like they need some help around their emotions or their behavior, or anything that's worrying them. So when I think about the types of things that that really worry teens and and people your age, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is peers, right? We get really stressed out over friendships, and sometimes that makes us feel very sad and even maybe depressed, And we don't want to go to school because we're having difficulties with our peers or um, they're not going to treat us the way that we would like them to treat us. And so uh, we try to avoid school as much as we can or come right back home after school and don't spend time with them. And then that makes us feel really, really down. And you're kind of sitting at home feeling pretty lousy. And that feeling is heavy and you just don't know what to do with it. That's a time to call 988 and let them, let the counselor know how you're feeling and ask what you can do to not feel that way. Ask for some solutions, some suggestions. Another example could be some of the pressures that young people have. So there's a lot of things that young people are juggling, school, sometimes work, extracurricular activities, family responsibilities. I'm sure you you guys can think of even more things to plug into that list that is causing you to feel stressed and overwhelmed. And that can lead someone to feel like they just can't do it anymore. Like they, they're, they're burned out and they're, they just want to quit and uh, they, they can't describe how they feel. They're not always sure what to do with the feeling. And so, yes, you can call 988 and allow those professional counselors to help you sort out what those feelings are. And then they can help you identify what types of resources would be helpful for dealing with those those emotions or those those stressors. Now we are on to our final question. This isn't necessarily related to the helpline, but uh, our last question is a question we ask all interviewees here on HokoCast. What chocolate do you eat first if you're giving a box of chocolates? Well, that took me zero seconds to think about because it's always the caramel-filled chocolates. Um, I yes. am that person who knows every different shape that caramels come in. And so if I have a box of chocolates in front of me, you will find that that's where all the holes are. That's a great answer. Completely agree. Caramels are Mm -hmm. so good. Uh, Before we wrap up here, is there anything else that you would like to say about the help arm? What I would, what I really like to say to all the young people out there is 
that I, I get it. I get that life is very challenging and you are all faced with a lot of different challenges being thrown at you. And it is okay if you're not able to handle them and you don't know what you should do. The helpline is, is available to do just that, to help people who are feeling emotionally overwhelmed. So please utilize it and please know that there is hope and there are people out there who want to help you and who can help you and who know how to help you. So do not take on this burden on your own. Whatever emotions that you're feeling that are not good feelings or emotions, know that there is support and help out there. Ms. Torres, thank you so much for coming on and letting us interview you today. Um, I'm sure this is very important information that all our listeners should know. Thank you for coming out. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share this information. And thank you for doing this wonderful podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Have a great day. You too. One of the best ways to take care of your mental health is to sit down and cozy up with a good book or TV show. Let's hear some suggestions from our hosts. My favorite book is Wings of Fire by Tua T. Sutherland, book six, because it's the start to the second arc of the series. And when you think that the climax of the book is over, something even more intense happens. The best part is the fact that there is a whole series and each book contains a different dragon continuing the story. I'm once again suggesting the fabulous webtoon, comic, and graphic novel Heartstopper by Alice Oseman. Last time I talked about the debut of the show and how well written this story is, but today I'm going to talk about how well this series deals with mental health. Throughout the series, one of the main characters deals with a variety of mental health issues, including eating disorders, depression, and body dysmorphia. The other main character helps this character through it and is a good example of how people can get help and what the disorders look like from a first-person point of view. This series is so good, and I highly suggest it, both as a nice heartwarming read and also to gain a good view on how mental disorders are in their nature. You can find the link to the webtoon and to the book in the description. in your life living with cancer. As you navigate this health crisis with your family or loved one, we hear from Wendy Leto, founder and executive director of Respite Retreats. Wendy shares about the importance of self-care and provides tips on how to practice it. Respite Retreats is a local nonprofit whose mission is to provide retreats of respite to cancer patients, their caregivers, and families, and to encourage healthy living for all. Are you a caregiver? If so, you are an integral part of someone's livelihood and well-being. The way you honor yourself with self-care will determine how you show up as a caregiver. Caregivers have a beautiful, exhausting job. While taking care of a loved one who is elderly or ill is a true gift to the recipient, it is also a gift to and honor for the caregiver to have the opportunity to care for someone they love. Unfortunately, this gift comes with some unwanted side effects that may include anxiety, stress, worry, exhaustion, 
fatigue, along with many others. While these are not uncommon, they are also not healthy and long-term can lead to burnout. When this occurs, there's nothing left to give to your loved one, resulting in poor care. Fortunately, caregivers who focus on providing themselves with positive self-care can continue to serve in a loving and healthy way. While it's extremely important for caregivers to take care of themselves, the concept is a foreign one to most. Pushing through the days with little thought to the state of one's own wants or needs inevitably leads to burnout. Things caregivers can do to ensure self-care. Seek support in ways that resonate with you, be it the emotional support of prayer, meditation, or a movement class, the physical support of weekly massage, acupuncture, or other bodywork modalities, or the mental support of talking to close friends, other family members, clergy, or a therapist. No matter how you choose to seek support, doing so is one of the most important aspects of maintaining your personal health. Allow time for you by putting some aside each week to do something that brings you peace or joy. This could be a night out with friends, reading a favorite book, watching an uplifting or funny movie. Laughter is great for the soul. Take a hot bath or a walk in nature. These moments are incredibly important for replenishing emotional reserves and keeping stress at bay. Ask for help. You may feel like you can and need to do this alone, but don't be afraid to ask for help. Your friends, family, coworkers, and neighbors care about you and often want to help but don't know how. Ask for specific things such as picking up prescriptions, meal preparation, pet care support, or transportation needs. Ask without guilt. Let those who care for you love you through and support your caregiving responsibilities. Take care of your body by getting plenty of sleep, nutrition, and exercise. These are just a few things you can do to help support your emotional, physical, and mental health. Caregivers, we need you to take care of you so you can take care of others. If you are a caregiver to someone fighting cancer, respite retreats can help. With programs that are uplifting and therapeutic in nature, they are designed to take one's mind off the stresses of the diagnosis. Programs include virtual and in-person retreats for both the patient and the caregiver, and everything needed to participate is included at no cost. For more information on respite retreats, please go to www. .respiteretreats.org Thanks for listening to HokoCast. If you or anyone you know is experiencing stress or mental health issues, please know that help is here. Finding assistance and resources is just a text or phone call away with 988.